BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up the staffing. Our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach this wonderful Monday morning. This is Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. How are you doing, Ann? I'm doing great, Jillian. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, today, it's just you and me chatting. Uh, I think uh, we've got some information we'd like to share about this concept of transparency. I think every CEO wants to be transparent. Don't you think, Ann? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, we in think the tech everyone... startup field, you know, yeah. it just seems so rampant. And it's yeah. kind of, yeah, I guess it's, it's a good thing. Yeah. Everyone ought to be transparent. <laughs> That's for yes. sure. <laughs> but I guess what we're kind of talking about today maybe is transparency with some caveats. Um, transparency for the sake of itself. It's like art for art's sake, you know, not necessarily. Uh, I think maybe we should talk a little bit around how you decide, you know, what you're going to share, how you're going to share it, who you're going to share it with, actually getting a grip on that rather than just saying, oh, we're transparent. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. What are your experiences around that? Are you finding that more and more of the CEOs that you're coaching um, also kind of just throw the word out but don't quite have a handle on it? I think they do because they don't understand uh, how to get started. They don't understand what is important to communicate, and then they don't understand the ways to communicate. In other words, they don't think of it as a as communication as a uh, strategic project that is as important to the development of their company as any of one of the other strategies that they've laid out. I totally agree. And I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's about strategy. They think of communication as something that happens and uh, transparency that's something that is, uh, you know, it's kind of like you fall in love. Well, no, it's an active verb, you know, uh, transparency, also an active verb. You must do it and focus on it. But strategic stuff, that would be the killer. So let's, let's dive in. I would say uh, the first thing you do is you choose what you're going to communicate, right? And everybody goes, oh, everything. I go, well, no, not actually. First of all, there's the noise level stuff. You know, you don't communicate every activity you do on a daily basis. But you might decide you want to share your calendar, for example, with the entire team. That makes kind of sense to me. 
Um, good start. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so what you're going to communicate would include things like, and, and jump in here, Anne, if I'm missing some stuff. I would say, for example, your calendar. You might want to say, as a CEO, yes, I want to share where I'm going to be and perhaps who I will see. Uh, there's reasons why my team would just want to know, not that they need to know. So that would be around transparency. Certainly finances. I think that's kind of a sticky wicket. How much of your financial status are you going to share with the entire team? How well is the company doing and so on and so forth? In the early days, maybe it's really hard to share that, yeah, we're still losing money and I don't have a beat on my uh, investor yet. Maybe that makes people jump ship, um, but perhaps not. Maybe it just makes people buckle down or listen more carefully to find the person that might want to be your first angel funder or something. So you've got to think about that. Um, what would you share in terms of, of finances, Anne? What did you share when you had your company? I would start by thinking about to whom I am sharing or with whom I'm sharing a piece of information. Take You mentioned financial information. With the staff at uh, one of my companies, I would always share with them the amount of uh, work revenue that we had coming in and how that compared to our expenses. And I also thought it was very um, empowering for them to understand how their work directly affected our revenues. And in the case, since it was a services company, a lot of it had to do with how uh, uh, quickly and appropriately they they completed their work that, um, that that had a definite effect on the revenue stream and which of course had a definite effect on uh, their livelihoods. So that was one thing. I didn't share much financial information outside the company because that would not have been appropriate. So within the company communicating to the employees, um, I had only one partner at, at in the beginning and that partner, I would share the financials every month as they came through from our bookkeeper. Um, but, and with, that, so it, it really mattered to whom we were talking, what we were sharing. Um, when I was talking outside the company uh, to uh, vendors, to potential clients, to the press, then, of course, we had a slightly different way that we communicated or what we communicated about our financial status because we were trying to show stability and growth. And so we would choose to the parts of the picture that showed that stability and growth. Um, what did you do? Well, um, over at Moz, uh, we shared when we did not have, you know, two nickels to rub together. We shared, I guess, in 2006 or seven was our very first blog post around the numbers, uh, you know, our gross numbers that year. And we'd made like $600,000 gross and we were barely scraping by and, you know, not much money going into our pockets and so on and so forth. People were absolutely astounded as well as appalled at how little we had made. Right? We had spent a lot of that year um, building the first tools and helping ourselves to, to get through that uh, kind of piece. Um, I had uh, reasonably small amounts of service work coming in, but we'd spent so much time that year building out everything from, as I recall, the Web 2.0 awards, uh, major boosts in the blog itself, uh, as I said, certainly building out some of the first tool sets, but we had not yet received income for it. In February of 2007, we sold our first memberships to the SEO Moz at the time, now Moz, uh, and it was SEO org tool set. So we had pro membership for the first time. And I know that the first three people who sent us money on that fateful day 
in February thought they were helping a .org keep the lights on. You know, they didn't really know what they could do. It's like, oh, you can download a few things. And we had... Um, if you will, uh, downloadable small ebooks or, um, you know, pro guides, we called them at the time. Uh, the Beginner's Guide to SEO was and remains to this day updated every year or two years and so on, but always free. But now we had a few pro guides. Did we share that kind of stuff? Yeah, we did. We shared that we had spent all of this time and effort building the stuff, but that we had not made a whole lot of money. Um, and that was very uh, surprising. The other thing we did share was how much it cost to work with us. We shared what our prices were, which at that time, by the way, were already uh, not insignificant. So we were about to make some money, but this was like the last year before we, you know, were really, well, the last year that we were really not making so much. So um, that was interesting too. People were very, very excited about that. When we blogged about what our charges were, um, it was the first time people had some visibility about what should this cost. You know, there's always that joke, 1995. But this was the first time, you know, that we really said, no, this is what it costs to do a project. And we published that. um, And then we published that also on our website. And boy, that got huge amounts of hit. So some transparency, if you will, out of the box, out of the ordinary, leaning a little bit over the edge on that is really useful. Um, we shared information about uh, incoming cash flow, so the gross numbers, and we continue to, even now that we're not, of course, in services at Moz, uh, Moz shares within the team um, kind of weekly and monthly and then quarterly uh, statements around uh, the cash flow coming in. We don't share it always in terms of hard numbers. We'll share it within, oh, we have 10,000 members. Now we have 15,000 members. Now we have whatever. And we will share the number of members by the number every single day live on video screens within the organization. So huge amounts of information going through from every single department. Um, That gets complex, uh, but as the company grows, it can be managed department by department. We share uptime of the uh, website itself. Um, We share the amount of minutes it takes to solve a um, a customer service ticket. Uh, But around finances, uh, certainly on a quarterly basis, it's pretty full disclosure. We'll share the gross, the adjusted gross, the nets, the ups and downs, uh, the revenue streams, where they're coming from, whether it's the API or the um, uh, members themselves or events or whatever the heck it goes on about. So we do that sort of thing, and uh, we let people know what the full numbers look like. That's, so I have a uh, question. I have yeah. a question, though, because if you know, we we meet CEOs who say, "Oh, we're going to communicate everything to everybody. Complete transparency. It's important yeah. to our organization." And I think what I was hearing you say is that you had carved out different places at Moz for what you communicate um, to the people that uh, to where it gives the most value and efficiency or, or mm-hmm. to whom, you know, it isn't like transparency isn't just, you know, pull back the kimono and start dancing, right? That is absolutely <laughs> true. Um, it's useless and it's foolish, right? You need to decide who needs the information that you're about to share, who can do something with this information, And then what is the benefit to the organization at large to have shared it? Your organization does benefit from a significant amount of transparency, not just around your finances, but around operations, 
around the number of people in your organization, around uh, work to be accomplished, uh, around, um, you know, uh, projected uh, dates of releases of things and so on. But it is also detrimental to your company if you put out a firm date and cannot meet your delivery dates. If you have a major project, it's perfectly fine to keep your community of interested buyers and potential buyers and investors and potential investors apprised of where you are in the progress of the project. But it is unwise to tell them for sure that it will be there even in a quarter because it might miss it by a quarter or two quarters, right? And we certainly experienced that at Moz, um, you know, deeply. We did not say, oh, it's going to be done on September whatever, but we kept saying, gee, in Q3 of whatever, it's going to be made, whatever the thing was. And it wasn't. We ran into consistent problems. What we do find is that sharing where you are in progress is good. Assuring people that something's going to happen and you don't have full control over is not good. So think about those things when you're talking about what you're going to communicate. We're going to take a break here. Oh, go on, Anne. I was going to say the same thing. Like minds think alike. We're going to have a word from our sponsors. Absolutely. Let's take a break here at CEO Coach. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. BubbleFast burst onto the e-commerce scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown, but Mark and Robin still own and operate BubbleFast as a family business. Being sellers themselves has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. BubbleFast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meetup groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the Bubble Fast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount. Or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at Bubble Fast. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And welcome back to CEO Coach. Today, it's Ann Kennedy and Julian Music, and we're talking about transparency and communication, and specifically optimizing communication in your company so that your transparency is appropriate and as 
full as it can be, because fundamentally, I think we both believe in transparency. Wouldn't you say that, Jillian? I totally agree. To wrap up our first session, I would say, you know, the first segment here, I'd say really we talked about strategy. The strategy is you share what is useful to the people to whom it's useful, and you share when it is beneficial to your company and not significantly detrimental. It doesn't mean you never share bad news. Sometimes sharing bad news can bring on all kinds of interest and so on. It just means, yeah, we've been honest about this, and the honesty itself is hugely beneficial to the company. So don't just look at transparency and say, is it beneficial or not? Look at what the transparency engenders. And that would be, gee, we were honest and that engendered trust. That's amazing. So that's the strategy around it. And get tactical. You've got some information about that. Let's get tactical. It's important once you've determined your strategy and how, uh, what you're going to communicate is to uh, determine how you will communicate within your company. And this has to do a lot with what your company uh, physically looks like. Um, if you're all in one location in a big open room, a lot of tech startups are like that. Uh, we've all been there. You can stand in the middle of the office and make an announcement although it might interrupt everyone's work and, you know, make it harder to get things done. But if your message really is important and needs to be told immediately, there is the five-minute stand-up check-in. This is a con- mm-hmm. commonly used form of communication. Um, the if, if you have something that needs to be dealt with at the moment, I can recall walking through an office and something maybe hadn't gone as well as everybody thought it should. And so we really did need to take a five-minute stand-up check-in to just uh, allow some both communication and feedback to happen around an issue. But on the other hand, most of your communication uh, is better handled with a little bit of forethought and preparation. Um, and that, you know... Then the truly, <laughs> truly, right. Five-minute stand-ups, use them rarely. <laughs> Yeah, they kind of lose their impact if you use them oh, yeah. too often. You know, it's sort of, oh, here she comes again. <laughs> what is it this time? So email, commonly used. I think, I think wouldn't you say, Jillian, email is about the most common inter, intra-company and intercompany company um, communication tool? Yes, for almost everybody. A few companies might use things like Yammer more frequently. But yes, I agree. Uh, for formal communication, email is the way. So I have a few things I want to say about email. The first thing is it's great for logistics and facts and things that you need to have documented for later. Um, Referral, it's great for creating a a paper trail, if you will, although it's not paper. Um, But what it's really lousy at is discussion. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. many of our listeners... Um, have experienced, as I have, uh, the colleague who writes at length on a lengthy discussion, um, parentheses, sometimes a diatribe, um, (laughs) to unload all their thoughts, hit send, and none of the emotion comes through except a lot of negative stuff. It's not a good way to deliver sentiment. Um, it's it's easily misinterpreted. Um, the English language is woefully short on words, which is why we have so many words that mean different things. <laughs> it's the same word. And, and also mm-hmm. making people read along something just isn't effective. Um, 
And so I think that, that if you have things that you need to communicate to your team that are nuanced, um, that have a sentiment involved, then you are much better doing that in a face-to-face, a group meeting, something like that, or right. a phone call, pick up the phone, you know, and right. talk to Or them. do a Google Hangout if you're in multiple places. Um, email sucks at um, uh, conveying, if you will, uh, snide remarks or, uh, I don't know, uh, just just being snarky or something nobody catches the fact that this was humor uh they take it at face value and i totally agree it's great for documentation it's great for statistics and one should do that regularly but when there is an emotional component or a significant amount of good or bad news oh my heavens yeah you're going to have to follow that up with some kind of if you will close to live or live meeting totally agree with you there's another thing about email too is because um one of the the fundamental rules I always have about email is only put in an email something that you won't mind seeing later um, yeah. because yeah, yeah. Or, or you wouldn't mind having forwarded. And so besides the, all the negative things that we were discussing, there are certain things that perhaps are not ready for public information yet. Um, it's if you if there are some kind of uh, negotiations that need to be kept only within a small group. Say you're, uh, I don't know, negotiating a deal, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point, there are things that you don't put in in an email um, that if if it's not information that you wouldn't be have comfortable being forwarded. Um, and that's when things like phone calls are important. Um, Absolutely. There are always a number of deals where you're not allowed to share until it's consummated. You'd be real, real careful about what you're going to email there. And just putting those uh, little stamps on the bottom that kind of say, you know, you're not supposed to forward this and it might contain, you know, uh, I don't know, personalize the you know information or this or that or that. yeah that doesn't work you know no. people simply forward them anyway be prepared for that um what about the brevity what about bullets how about you know clarity around it and attachments instead of like putting everything into the email and what do you think about those things i think that uh, brevity and clarity and being succinct is very important because um i've, I've noticed when i write longer emails sometimes people don't catch what's at, at the last few paragraphs um and so i try not to do that try to put the important stuff at the top and but above all be clear um and with your your emails and it's a great tool when you're working across time zones sometimes it's the only tool um and then the attachments of putting uh more voluminous documents in attachments or even putting them in a place like a Dropbox where they can be pulled down is better than trying to put cram everything into um, long emails. Right. It's also better for sorting and for saving those documents and pieces of information than just having them hanging around in emails where you have to do a search for it and good luck. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. yeah you mentioned FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a great fan now of FaceTime, Skype, and Google Hangouts. And, uh, you know, you and I, Jillian, we do a lot of our work on uh, Skype and Google Hangouts. We and do. that is, um, in fact, we're doing this show on mm-hmm. Skype. You know? But the mm-hmm. thing that I was coming around to that I really like is the face-to-face. Um, I ran a service agency for 17 years, and it was before these face-to-face technologies. So they just came in at the end. And we had to re- rely only on, on, on voice-only communications because video conferencing at that point was just way beyond um, our means mm-hmm. to afford on a regular basis. 
I have no idea how we managed. I mean, it is so mm-hmm. important to to see people's faces, to look at expressions, um, and these things are free, you know. Yes. So right. <laughs> there's really no no reason to not use them. Um, yeah. And I I think that they're a great way to communicate because so much of communication is uh, body language and nonverbal and face language and that sort of thing. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so. Uh, We've got about a minute here before we wrap up. What about frequency? Um, over at Moz, we used to do weekly emails from every department to everyone in the entire organization. Didn't mean that everybody had to read every one of them, but we had something from engineering, something from marketing, something from administration, something from customer service. And when we put those together, these four reports per week would give you an overview of exactly how the health of the company was doing. Um, I thought they were terribly useful, but I liked the regularity. Um, I think regularity, you know, familiarity and so on with the process means that people know it's coming and they get better and better at reading it more quickly. Um, your thoughts? That's a great thought, um, and I think that we should come back with a couple of tips on that when we uh, uh, after the break. Sounds good. Let's take a break here at CEO Coach. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're talking about uh, communicating, about transparency, about what you want to share, with whom you want to share it, how frequently you want to share it, and how you ask those questions around it. So, Ann... Give us some kind of, I don't know, a framework, right? I'm a new CEO. I've got a company. I want to start this off right. And I start off with the idea that I totally believe in being transparent. I'm going to share everything, right? How do I get my hands around what to share to whom? 
I think what you do is is first you decide just what you said. What who needs to let's let's flip it around. Who needs to know what you have? And I'm not really talking about a need to know basis because that's not real transparency. But on the other hand, you don't want to be overloading people. So Correct. you want to bring it down in the last uh, segment. You mentioned four key reports you had at Moz, and everybody knew mm-hmm. when to re- when they were going to receive them. They knew to look for them. And I'm guessing that those key reports probably were uh, not enormous. Uh, Excel spreadsheets with, you know, thousands of lives. They were absolutely not. No, these were very short emails. They had kind of a a sentence or two, usually something fun and snarky because, you know, we were just like that. But uh, we have a sentence or two, then it would have three or four bullets. It would have a chart, and then maybe it would have three or four or five charts even. I remember it was the length of time it takes to answer, uh, you know, make the first response on a customer service request, the length of time it took to resolve everything over, you know, an average space of time, those kinds of things. I mean, there were three or four different ones, the volume of questions and what those questions were about. You could see it had to do with the platform. It had to do with credit card issues. It had to do with something else. If something spiked, you knew there was an issue. These were actionable items from uh, customer service to administration to marketing and even to IT. All of those departments did need to know that we had spikes or no spikes in particular kinds of requests. That made all kinds of sense. Pretty pictures, standardized colors, easy to read. They got easier to read over time. But kind of how do you say, okay, tactically, how do we do this? You know, we use emails for something and we use a phone for something and we use face-to-face for something. How do we do it? Absolutely. Um, you use your email for uh, logistics, d- data, and broadcasting communications uh, widely. Okay. If something needs immediate attention, use phone. We didn't mention texting before. I happen to think uh-huh. texting is also an excellent um, it, with, within a company because, for one thing, it's quiet. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to pick up the phone. And by the way, did you know you can text from Google Voice from yes. your laptop, which is Absolutely. awesome. And mm-hmm. I think you can do it on Skype as well. But anyway, that's very important. Um, the the But the anything that's uh, lengthy, sensitive, nuanced, uh, go face-to-face, whether it's on a uh, – if it's at a distance on a Google Hangout or, or a Skype – or if you're in one location and you pull everybody together into one room, even just for five minutes to end up, don't try and do the sensitive stuff um, and thing, or especially things where you want to gauge people's reactions to it. Don't do that on the uh, on the email. Save the email for the the details, the uh, the specific things. Absolutely. And from a strategic wrap up, think about this: if I share this information. Will it be beneficial to my company? And think, if you will, that further chessboard down the line. Well, it's bad information. We didn't meet our goal this year. Uh, We didn't make as much money as we thought we would and so on. But is it still, if you will, the right thing to share? Is it something that our customers would appreciate knowing? We ran into a stumbling block on this. Our uptime for that particular project wasn't as good as we hoped it would be. We're working on solutions. We would like your input to those solutions, right? Would that create a better bond between your customers? Um, If you have something that's either good, bad, or neither here nor there to share and so on, are you just bothering people, right? So think about the ramifications from both sides of the coin, yourself 
and your potential uh, recipient of the information who's going to receive it before you decide, should I bother to share this? This has been Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy at CEO Coach. We'll be back next week. We hope you'll stop by our Facebook page at CEO Coach Podcast. So again, facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. There you will find links to information about the conversations we have here on CEO Coach, uh, information to connect you to our guests, and much, much more. We hope you'll pop in your questions. We'll try to get those answered here, right here on the program. You can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm, through Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and many other places. We hope you've enjoyed this show. This is Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. We'll be back next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc